0: They're Swayze adjacent. He couldn't be in everything.
1: They're Swayze adjacent, so we'll talk about him They're Swayze adjacent. He couldn't be in everything. They're
0: Swayze adjacent, so we'll talk about him Hey, welcome to another episode of Crazy for Swayze. I'm Vince Troya, Josh Young is here, as always. Josh, what's up? How you doing, bud? Uh, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here! What's up? Dude, uh, we're gonna watch a really great movie today. You promise? I've read, that's what I've read. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, dude, I've never seen this movie. Have you seen this movie?
1: I have not seen this movie.
0: Everyone, we're watching Brokeback Mountain. Mistaken for Swayze. Now, this is actually Swayze adjacent, like legitimately, oh, yeah. right? We've got Jake Gyllenhaal in it, who we saw in Donnie Darko. We've got Randy Quaid, who we watched in Freaked, and we have Graham Beckle, who was in Hardball, that fucking bar owner. Mm. And he was one of the cops in the pigs vs. the freaks. Oh man. Well so, we did it, man. Yep. So this is a proper Swayze adjacent, this guy's right? His name is Graham Beckle. Graham Beckle. Well. Yep. That's a name, all right. Yep. Um I'm excited about it because like i've never seen this and everyone's said great great things and like i remember when it came out and how it was a cultural phenomenon right yeah
1: i seem to remember it like uh being like mostly jokes yeah yeah because it was oh gay cowboys so so silly and when did this come out this came out in uh
0: it was a limited release in late 2005 but it was a wide release in the u.s in
1: january Okay, I mean, it's been a while. I mean, because sometimes you think about the early 2000s, you're like, oh, that was so recent. You know, we've come such a long way. It's been like fucking 20 years, man.
0: No, yeah. It was actually part of the thing that I found for like trivia and stuff like that, that um, Heath Ledger, when asked uh, if he had any fears about playing a gay man, he said that he was only afraid that he would not be mature enough to do it justice, Mm -hmm. right? And then he continued to say that when they went to the Oscars, if there were any homophobic jokes regarding the movie, he would get upset and shoot them down because he cared so much about the subject matter and he wanted to do a good, faithful job
1: to it. That's cute, I guess.
0: Yeah. I like it. It was, it was, like you said. Everyone was making homophobic jokes and like it actually then became synonymous with homophobia. Like say, Oh, broke back is just another you know, thing for gays.
1: Yeah, just a, just another slur about gay media specifically. Yeah. And yeah. that's like it's weird because you said it got an Oscar.
0: Well, It didn't win Best Picture. Okay,
1: it was was nominated for something or other?
0: Yeah, it it was actually nominated for a bunch of shit, right? Oh, okay, so the Academy is like, we are mature adults and we can understand. Well, it was nominated in a bunch of different, like all the hot ones, right? It won Best Original Score, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Director, but it was nominated for Best Male Lead, Best Male Support, Best Female Support, Cinematography, and Best Picture. Who's the lead? The lead was Heath Ledger.
1: Hmm, not not Jake Gyllenhaal. He was the supporting. Hmm, interesting.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think it was Michelle Williams was up for best
1: female support as well. Now, who do you think Carmel thought was Patrick Swayze in this movie?
0: I don't know.
1: Do you think it was Randy Quaid? I I don't know. I I know
0: that Randy Quaid's supposed to play one of their fathers. Okay. Uh, actually I don't know I didn't look it up I'm sorry that was a lie everyone Um, he's just in it he's a dude he actually got upset because he was said he was saying that this was pitched to him as like a low budget movie Mm -hmm. and so he was like I should be paid more I'm Randy Quaid I was in
1: vacation you know it is like a I mean, what was the... Uh, well, I guess you'll tell us later what the budget was. I mean, I can tell you the budget. It's not that big of a deal. Tell me the budget. It's I don't want... $14 wanna...
0: million. Dollars. That
1: is a low-budget movie. Yeah, it's not that high. Yeah. And he, he's like... It's just guys on horses in the mountains. Like, what he, do you need? Right? It's You just need a set. You need your actors. You need some, presumably, film. I mean, maybe not. Some sheep?
0: <laughs> yeah. Are they going to fuck the sheep? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that that's what's up in this movie, bro. God,
1: I hope not. I just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I don't think that that's gonna happen
1: Is that like a Scottish thing? I don't Look, know Fucking the sheep I don't know if that's Scottish I don't want to say that about the Scottish people About the Scots um, uh, I know that there's a country It's either New Zealand or Scotland Where where they fuck their sheep That's like what they say about them I I
0: think maybe that that's like It's a slur It's a slur
1: against another people <laughs> Oh, whatever, they're white uh, I, I mean like They have funny accents, dude d- uh, Hey <laughs> Hey, she, it's funny to call them sheep fuckers. That's yeah. a funny thing to call somebody.
0: Yeah, I, I, I understand the 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 humor behind it. It implies bestiality.
1: I don't know about it's, that. That's not what's funny. Bestiality. Oh uh, yeah, it's taboo. I guess that's why it's funny, right? Yeah, you're like you're a weirdo. So this one.
0: It's 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 classified on Wikipedia as a neo-western romantic drama
1: film, right? Can you click the word
0: neo-western? I can click the word neo-western.
1: Cuz I would like to know like what parts of the western remain. It's mostly the setting is my imagination.
0: It says that Contemporary Westerns um, is a subgenre of the Western genre that includes contemporary settings and uses Old West themes, archetypes, and motifs such as rebellious antiheroes, open plains, and desert landscapes, or gunfights. So
1: I don't yeah, think there's going to be any gunfights in this movie. I'm not sure that it has the classical Western themes, but I guess we'll see, right?
0: Well, I think it's more being on the plains and stuff like that. It's it's just set dressing. I, I think, yeah, that, that maybe... Maybe. A neo-western can be said to use western themes set in the present day as well.
1: Well, I mean, like, it's just weird to classify this and, like, Roadhouse in the same genre. I don't know. Because they're both neo-westerns, you know?
0: Well, see, that, that might be the thing, right? This may be like a neo-western, but then uh, what's it called? Roadhouse, Roadhouse is more of a classic. It is an urban western. Oh, urban western. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of different subgenres. Uh, post-western is in here as well. Oh, that I'd like. So, uh, yeah, I is that like uh, Westworld or something like that?
1: I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of the western genre. So. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's. But I want to see these boys
0: kiss. Yeah. There's going to be some kissing. There's going to be some kissing. There's going to be some passionate kissing. Fucking Heath Ledger almost broke Hall's nose during one of the kissing scenes, man.
1: Oh, he was going so hard at it. There
0: is going to be some
1: kissing. Is he, is he like, oh, yeah, man wants to kiss a man real hard. Because he like, he, you know, you don't, you don't kiss ladies that hard i don't know i don't know the the what's it called the tagline
0: for this movie uh, according to imdb it says ennis and jack are two shepherds who develop a sexual and romantic relationship their relationship becomes complicated when both of them get
1: married to their respective girlfriends oh my gosh
0: uh yeah so that's gonna be real fucking interesting right
1: Uh, yeah i suppose
0: the the girlfriends also are played by michelle williams of blue valentine and anne hathaway of the dark knight rises
1: i know anne hathaway is in this movie yeah good for her
0: we're also going to be seeing mr heath ledger uh the joker baby himself the, the joker baby yeah little Cardellini, anna ferris david harbour kate mara and, uh, yeah, obviously, Jake Gyllenhaal, like we said, he's he's our lead boy.
1: No fucking way. All those people are in this movie. David Harbour is in this movie. Yeah. Before Stranger Things. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, Linda Cardellini? Come mm. on, man. Yeah, th- and this is
0: shortly after she got done with uh, the Scooby-Doo movies and shit like that, too. Mm. got uh, She's got range. Dude. You know, there's, there's one mm. thing to say about her. She's got range. Linda Cardellini is amazing. And... On top of all that greatness, right, Ang Lee, Mr. Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon himself, directed this film. I've seen Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon recently, Mm -hmm. and dude, it's still fucking impressing me.
1: Couldn't even tell you the last Ang Lee movie that I watched, but, you know.
0: Well, some of his other ones I found were Life of Pi, Hulk, and Sense and Sensibility.
1: I know he did Sense and Sensibility. i familiar with those other two.
0: Yeah, I, I know my mom had sens- sens- sensibility when we were growing up, but I've never seen it. Ang Lee. Yeah, Ang Lee, man. Ang Lee, Oscar Award winner. Wow, this is the movie. This is the movie. Um, He may have won one before this. I can't remember. I feel like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon won a bunch of awards as well. That movie's amazing.
1: I feel like Heath Ledger and Patrick Swayze do have like a similar energy, but they don't look the same at all. Yeah, why do you why do you why do you say this? I don't know. Like, I feel like you could sub Patrick Swayze into any Heath Ledger movie, except for maybe when he's the Joker, baby.
0: Yeah, I don't think that Patrick Swayze would have been a good Joker. Um, Nine, but Ten
1: things I hate about you. I think he'd be a
0: little too old. I, I was also gonna say if he was age appropriate, I don't know if I would like Patrick Swayze in that. I think there is something about. Uh, just Heath Ledger and his charm—that is just so specific to
1: him. He's a little softer than Patrick Swayze, you know.
0: Yeah, and
1: I feel like his range is obviously a huge, huge, huge,
0: enormous—it's—it's gigantic. Like, I I believe that Patrick Swayze sings, but in like Ten Things I Hate About You, when he does the "I Love You, Baby" on the stairs, oh, that's fucking Heath Ledger all the way, like. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't picture anybody else doing that. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're like, right. Like if they stuck Kevin Bacon up there, fuck no. That w- that would not work for me. Or Michael J. Fox, no, thank you.
1: Uh, yeah, like, Heath Ledger is is singular. You're right.
0: Yeah, e- even if Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have been up there doing that, I would not have been as big of a fan
1: as Heath Ledger. I think
0: that was a role for fucking him. Hmm. I think you're right. But yeah, I'm excited to see this. Uh, like I said, we're both going in pretty blind so we're watching this on dvd i bought it just for this you ready to watch it oh yeah let's watch it That was gorgeous.
1: Right? Dude, that movie was great. Like, our country is a beautiful place, dude. Yeah. It's just like, I understand it now. I understand the romance of being a cowboy, you know? I get it. Like, you're out there, you're working for some fucking guy who owns the land. Fuck Mm -hmm. him. He doesn't even own the land. He's renting it from the fucking country, the government. And he makes you fucking ride around on your horse and sleep with the sheep. He doesn't want you to fuck the sheep. (laughs) So, okay,
0: Joe, their boss, right, what were these weird
1: rules that he sets into motion immediately? They're not weird. He said he lost 25% of his thousand sheep last year. He yeah. lost a huge amount of money. Yes, like,
0: like I understand why he was upset having lost that amount. Right? So the
1: rules are, one of you rides the horse around during the day with the sheep, and uh make sure that the sheep go where they go. You mm-hmm. eat meals together. One of you keeps camp and makes meals. Mm-hmm. The other one sleeps with the sheep. Yeah. Don't and no fires. Yeah, no fires. Oh yeah, no fires. <laughs> yeah. Um oh because uh what they're doing is actually illegal.
0: I didn't understand how it was illegal. I'm not certain either. Yeah. Uh um, it was just
1: they weren't supposed to be doing that. It's rules of cowboying that I don't understand. But they're supposed to be looking out for the the cops, basically. Yeah, yeah. The farm cops. (laughs) I think those are just regular cops. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah? I don't know. I love that the movie feels, like, really timeless, you know? Because most of the time that they have is spent, like, is together. Most of the time on screen is together. Yeah. And they're mostly out in the wilderness. And there's, Mm -hmm. like, no technology or anything. But the movie covers, like, 30 years of time.
0: Yeah, it covers a lot of time. Because, uh well, <sighs> it covers, like, what, well, almost 20 years? 20. I was thinking 30 years. I I, th- I don't know. I think 30 years might be a stretch. Because remember, after that first season, Ennis went home and it was like, Alma and I are getting married. And before he came back or anything like that... Already a baby. Already had a baby, right? It was like both of these guys... But it had assumed- been four
1: years before they met up again.
0: Yeah, yeah. So,
1: okay, so the first first five years but either way he had a baby pretty much immediately yeah 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 so i mean we're looking at a little over 20 years you're probably right yeah right (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay and um
0: yeah i don't know they just they had a very long relationship that like i don't know it wasn't really it's complex and it evolves over
1: time yeah, and it wasn't very very vocal. Like it was really it was very show don't tell. It's very yeah, it's it's very much based on their like passionate lusting for each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's the reason why they can't be like they can't go out to a restaurant together. They can't meet each other's families because their families will immediately know that they're gay for each other. Yeah. And it seems like Jack kind of lives his life almost openly as a bisexual man. Mm -hmm. Not quite, but, like, almost. Whereas Ennis is so, like, pent up about it. Yeah. Like, he's angry.
0: Oh, well, because they gave a flashback at one point, right?
1: I forget how far into... Yeah, because I forgot that there was a a first flashback as well. The second flashback caught me me off guard.
0: Yeah, I forgot how long the first flashback was into the movie, right? It's before they do the sex. Oh, is... I... I think it was after
1: that. Oh, must be. Yeah, because why else would they be talking about uh, gay people unless they had done sex? Yeah, like, because because uh, jack is saying we can go and we can live together he's projecting this fantasy like ennis you can run away from your wife and child or children because they're clearly unhappy mm-hmm. you can oh, yeah. just run away now before you're in too deep and we can go live together and set up a little farm and he's like and have no, a one. camp or and so, i have a cabin and stuff like that and run a ranch right and ennis is like no because when i was a kid some guys did that and they got killed
0: yeah. and my dad
1: might have killed them
0: Yeah. And he was like,
1: he, my father
0: took us to the bodies and made us look at them and stuff like that. And the way that,
1: uh, he described it was extremely
0: graphic. Yeah. And I mean, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it, I mean, homosexuality, uh, homosexual tendencies are like genetic. So there's so much about Like, unspoken about his dad being a possible homophobe and somebody who abandoned his kids, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe his dad was (laughs) a a lot like him, you know?
0: Potentially. Yeah, he kind of did leave his kids alone for a majority of the movie. Constantly pawning them off on Mom as he goes to work or goes out fishing with Jack and stuff like that, you know? I think... When it comes to being dadly in this movie, like, Ennis is not a good father until
1: at the very end. But, you know, also, is Jack a good father? We don't even know because we don't ever see him. His kids don't even have actors who play them when they get older. Or his one kid. Yeah. His
0: son. Yeah. Like, I think the last time we saw him was during the, um, what's it called? The Thanksgiving scene. And that was Mm. pretty pretty close to the, I'd say the middle of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm right? Mhm. Yeah, that was before they go camping and like uh Ennis gets beat up for Mike punching that dude in that car. Mhm. He shouldn't have done that. You never yeah. know who you're
1: fucking with, you know? Mhm.
0: Mhm. I thought that the relationship story was told
1: very well also, right? Well, it's interesting how the movie fr- is entirely framed around their relationship, right? Like yeah. most of the screen time is devoted to them together in the wilderness. Yeah. Or,
0: or the things that are directly affecting them being able to spend time together. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I like how it was weighted real heavy in the beginning because we spend like the first third or so of the movie. Would you say long, or just just
1: over the first third, like them yeah. on that first, first job. Right, right. Together, like, building the relationship. The first act is all set up for that, and the pr- then the problem introduced in the second act is society and yeah. having to return to society.
0: Exactly. And then the third
1: act is them, like, as older men, they have sideburns and mustaches. Well, and- like, reconciling with the fallout of the decisions that they made in the second act as younger mm-hmm.
0: men. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly, very interesting stuff. Because like by the time that Ennis is ready, has abandoned his life because his his wife saw him kissing a man many years ago.
0: Yeah, I'd say that was
1: about what sixteen years after they met maybe That he got divorced and stuff? Yeah. I don't I don't know. Because she... she saw him kissing that man immediately. It was four years after they went to Brokeback Mountain that Jack came to his house and they just immediately started smooching outside and she saw. But oh, she yeah. just lived with it for years. She just buried it down. Yeah. But after but after uh they got divorced and she was ready to talk about it, uh Ennis decides like, Oh, well everybody already knows I'm gay, basically. But, like, let's just do it. I'll I'll hit up Jack and we'll see what happens. And Jack's like well, I mean, you had a chance many years ago, but now I've built my life and I kind of need to keep doing this thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he just was like, like, dude, you could come down to Texas and, and,
1: and we could, you know, like do something. You could go down to Texas. Yeah. Cause he doesn't live in Texas, does he? Or, do- oh, he does. Cause Jack he's like does. a rodeo boy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jack, Cause a- after, after not getting any work and stuff like that from Joe a season or two later, um, he goes into Texas and starts doing rodeos and eventually meets, uh, who was it? Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. What was Anne Hathaway's name? I wish I could tell you. Yeah. Elaine? Nah, that's not
1: right. I don't know. She was well into over half the movie. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because uh, he, like, he was mostly just trying to live his life and make ends meet, and then he kind of landed himself in a in an optimal situation. Laureen. With this, with this woman who's very forward. Yeah. She she wanted that dick So he gave it to her Yeah And he built his life Around giving her that dick
0: Well and then And then he started Integrating himself Into the family And stuff like that And selling They sell like farm equipment And shit like that
1: She's rich Yeah they, was, uh, they, So he's in a much better position When his baby comes into the world Than Ennis is Because Ennis is poor as dirt mm-hmm. And that's what sets up The rest of their lives Like they were both poor as dirt To begin with Yeah but Jack was always complaining about his lot in life. He was always mad at the boss and saying that we shouldn't have to do this shit. It's illegal and all that. Mm-hmm. Oh man, like I like I liked his setup. I liked him, the setup for Jack. I like. I I thought the Jack's story was
0: cool because he was like like they mentioned like later on also that he was actually trying to live a little bit more. I don't want to say openly, but he was actively going and seeking out do you think it was dudes. David harbor
1: that he was that he was fucking around with
0: I was thinking that that was what it was implying
1: yeah because uh yeah like after he dies unceremoniously uh Ennis is trying to figure out like what all happened. Mm -hmm. and uh of course and hathaway is like well i mean he was doing he was working on a tire and it exploded and he oh he died on the side of the road
0: yeah and it was described quite similarly as when ennis was describing
1: the killing from before well specifically like the wounds i guess uh -hmm. but he was like having graphic imaginations of fantasies of what had happened to jack getting beat up by some some homophobes yeah it's impossible to say what's what actually happened but yeah as we
0: were being told it was a car car
1: accident he was being shown being beaten and then when he goes to meet jack's parents and jack's parents are like oh yeah he was coming up he used to talk about coming up here with with you and setting up a cabin Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you know actually last year he started bringing some other guy around and they were setting up the cabin dad's a real dick about it if you ask me so yeah, I think we're to believe it was David Harbour because uh I don't know. He was fucking David Harbour's wife, Anna Ferris. Was he fought he said he was. But that's what he told Ennis. Yeah.
0: I but mean, then what, That's what I'm
1: saying. He's he's living his life as a bisexual man. He's, he's
0: happy. He's fucking his wife, but then bringing him up to the cabin?
1: Oh yeah, he's fucking both of them. Yeah. Why not? Not at the same time, separately. Yeah. He's not that kind of freak. Ooh, how'd you like his little freak dance? What was that all about? Dude, he was, I loved it. He was just pretending to ride a bull, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it looked like a little freak dance to me.
0: Well, he, he he also legitimately danced a little bit later on with Anne Hathaway and fucking uh, Linda Cardellini and Heath Ledger danced, too.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of dancing in this film, that's for sure.
0: You know who didn't dance? Who?
1: Michelle Williams. Well, no. she, she was just having a really hard time dude
0: She was having the hardest time this entire movie
1: uh, Do you think she felt better After she got it off her chest The thing that had been bothering her for like a decade I don't know Cause uh, we don't see her after that
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I genuinely couldn't tell you. But she's like theoretically remarried And everything
0: Oh no she was remarried yeah, It she's... wasn't like theoretical I
1: forget what the guy's name was But he was like uh I don't know He was some guy yeah, it's just a dude. Yeah. Just a dude. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so ultimately this movie is about, like, the dangers of living life as a cl- closeted gay person, right? I'm not sure. Like, specifically for men, because of toxic masculinity.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree that this was looking at how the, just, homophobia had affected just life. Back at the t- in the sixties and stuff like that,
1: right? And it can be like internalized homophobia as well. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that is what Ennis is dealing with throughout the whole movie, entire thing. Like they both, they both have a have a talk at one
0: point, saying that I ain't queer, and the other one was like, I I'm not either, and shit like that. And they were very much in denial, but as soon as they saw each other, every single time, it was like it, the passion was right where it was before.
1: And it's, like, the toxic masculinity from that bleeds into other parts of his life as well. Like, he's so focused on, like, gender norms mm-hmm. that he can't possibly be queer because that a man isn't queer, right? A man goes and works and he provides for his family. And a woman stays home and she makes food and stays pregnant and barefoot, right? Like, that's what he wanted from his wife and that's why she was so sad all the time. Yeah. And, like, but she... Because she wanted that too, maybe, or it doesn't really matter what she wants because she has to go to work just like he does. Mm -hmm. And he's always like shielding himself from emotions and like connections by being like, no, I got to work. Yeah. 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 You know, he's just like so full of that, like rigid gender norm, toxic masculinity shit. And as he gets older, I think Jack gets the same way. Like he was not quite the same when he was younger.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know. A lot of their sexual encounters were just like so aggressive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it makes me wonder if, like you like like you were saying, like Ennis is dealing with all this internalized homophobia that he's just had since a, just since childhood. Like maybe that's part of it. Like he hates that he feels like this, and that's
1: why. He,
0: it's so aggressive for the two of them,
1: right? Right, you know? and he feels like he really needs to make the other person submissive to him.
0: Well, on quite a few occasions, they because actually get like- very aggressive, like like physically, like punching each other and shit like that. Like that's how the first first season ends is them in a fist fight, right? You know, and that was came after they just were were tickling around, and it just like oh just
1: escalated.
0: Yeah, like what it was like one of those like what are we going to do after this and like what do you mean what are we going to do after this? I'm going to go and get married and then and what you are know, you going to do? Oh, I'm going to go
1: I guess ride bulls. A lot of euphemism. Yeah, and Literally. then they, like,
0: it, And it turns in, from tickle into actual like fucking fist and like it's that, all unspoken, you know? Yeah, it's it's really weird. And and then later on in the film also Ennis gets mad at those two biker guys at Fourth of July. Like, I'm not saying that he it wasn't justified that he got upset with those dudes, but I am saying that he got very aggressive very quickly. And he was trying to fight people. Pretty regularly, like...
1: Mm-hmm. Internalized homophobia dude, does his, that shit to you. His
0: temper was just fucking
1: nuts. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, this movie is about the dangers of internalized homophobia. Mm-hmm. And, like, repressed ho- like homosexuality and being closeted. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really important in 2005. Like, I don't know how important a message that is now. I mean, it's still an important message, but mm-hmm. it's like... Mm-hmm. For... I think that it really made people who saw this movie understand, like, why staying in the closet is bad and why, like, sexuality is clearly not a choice. Mm -hmm. And, like, really, I think that this really helped a lot of normies out, you know? Yeah. Like, this won Oscars. This is a movie that Oscar people like. Yes. You know, because it's like, oh, it's so sad and nothing really happens yeah it it was it's just a story
0: i like this one was actually one of those like i said before a funny one with the oscars because angley won for best director but didn't win best picture crash came out that same year
1: I was describing eleven fourteen to Mallory yesterday, and she's like, "Is that the movie where everything culminates in a really big thing that happens? It's really tragic." And I was like, mm, "Not really. A guy's dick gets cut off. That's pretty sad, I guess." Well, and and what's <laughs> no, and uh, you're thinking
0: of Crash, babe? Ra- Rachel Lee Cook <laughs> is in that accident. That's what happens
1: at eleven fourteen. It, the dick gets cut off, and the uh, and the bowling ball or whatever falls on the guy's head. Yeah, and she. She gets hit.
0: It's all in the same motion. Mm,
1: mm. Oh, okay. It all happens at once.
0: Her getting hit is the reason why the window shuts and the dick falls off. Mm,
1: mm, mm-hmm. You know. But if you, I was describing the plot of Eleven Fourteen, and she was like, "Is that, is that Crash? Crash?" And yeah. I was like, mm, "Yeah."
0: No, it, it it was said on the internet that uh, Jack Nicholson, who was presenting, he's like he voted for this movie, and when he opened the letter and read Crash, like everyone was like. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because they, they think that they went with the safe choice because they didn't want to push the envelope
1: being two gay members, being well, I don't know if characters. Well, I don't know if it needs an Oscar sweep. I'm not saying that Crash is good and deserves an Oscar. I'm saying that this movie was better than Crash. Yes. Yes. And, and 1114, I think, is better than Crash as well. Yeah,
0: dude. <laughs> We've talked about it so much. We might
1: have to watch it. I know. I know. I know. It's, it, I don't, I'm not looking forward to Dude, it.
0: I, I, have I ever told you about how I keep getting rid of this movie and it keeps finding its way back to me? Crash? Yeah. No, you haven't. Yeah. I've had multiple copies of this movie and every time I get one, I give it away. I'm like, I don't like this film. Please take this. And then I just keep getting it. So, so what I've done is I've taken my, co- the copy I have currently and I, Put it in the garage. (laughs) Just locked it up in the garage. (laughs) I can live there forever. Like so so the the universe knows I have a copy, so a new one won't find its way to me, but I don't have to look at it.
1: Isn't there another movie called Crash?
0: Yeah cool i have that one that one's great that one's got fucking james spader in it and people getting horny over car crashes
1: now that's what i like
0: dude it's the best like if you've ever wanted to watch a freaky cronenberg movie that isn't horrible with the body stuff because like you know the 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 fly gets a little gross and like these new ones that, that the crimes of the future Ooh, that looks gross too you know i want to see that like I want to see it, too, but, like, it looks gross as all hell. But, like, Crash is more along the lines of just people getting horny over car crashes and then finding out that a guy is actually trying to start a cult, you know?
1: Fucking Chuck Palahniuk saw that movie. He wrote a book about it. It's my favorite one.
0: Yeah. it's Crash is amazing.
1: You got to crash your car into stuff. It's the only way to feel alive.
0: Yeah. i
1: understand that's what it is it like the the opening scene but wait is not like crash the oscar nominated film also sort of about that is it one of the people horny for car crashes no
0: i don't think so one of the people's michael pena and the other person owns like a shop and then the the daughter doesn't like that the dad wants a gun in the shop so he loads it with with blanks and because he loaded it with blanks then he doesn't shoot Michael Peña's kid who is the bus driver of uh, some other guy that the bus that couldn't possibly slow down I it was one of those you know that's exactly what it is <laughs> everybody's connected to everybody and it's just you know Bullshit.
1: Well, I mean, like, I understand that that uh, is shorthand for, like, a sort of film like that, mm-hmm. but I think it sh- the shorthand should be Eleven Fourteen. It's the gold standard for films where everything happens all at once. Dude,
0: I want to watch Eleven Fourteen again. How
1: many t- times have you watched a movie where somebody's dick gets, uh chopped off not by another person but by an inanimate object
0: yeah and then jason siegel goes and picks it up
1: and and it's played for laughs
0: oh it's fucking (laughs) hilarious it's so fucking funny (laughs) it's pretty funny (laughs) and clark gregg's in it too dude that's a movie 1114 is great. If you guys haven't listened to our episode about that movie, you should listen to it or just like stick around and wait for a rewatch cuz we're definitely
1: going to do one. Oh uh, yeah, and uh, tag uh, Jack Nicholson in, in your posts about this episode so that he can, you know, he can come on our podcast and we can watch 1114 and he can tell us whether it's better than Crash or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to hear Jack Nicholson's opinion about 1114. Ah uh crash that doesn't seem right oh i can't do you think i could do a jack how do you do jack i don't know i just
1: tried one (laughs) it was it was subtle i because like i keep i'm the joker baby
0: i'm the joker baby (laughs) um i can't even think of any of the joker's lines from the
1: movie that's why that's why you give him a fake joker line (laughs) (laughs) and you just try it on for size
0: uh, have you ever seen the moon have you ever seen the blue corn moon whispers in the wind dude so okay when was the last time you watched Pocahontas
1: oh not recently dude I watched
0: Pocahontas when Mulan got the live-action remake, and I was like, because I was like, I, I wonder if they're going to remake this movie next, right? Oh, oh
1: no. Oh, no,
0: they can't. They're going to, dude. Dude, they They'll can. probably do
1: it with uh, the chick who is in Prey. Amber something. Oh,
0: I haven't seen Prey. Um, it's well, another
1: movie that made me go, God damn, this country is so beautiful.
0: Well, they have this song in it, I don't know if you remember called colored. savages.
1: Oh God, yes. Um, but it's also about how the white men are savages. Like it, it's it's yeah. definitely is like pro, it's problematic. Isn't the right word for it? It's uh, edgy or something.
0: Well, it was. It, I think the cartoon did a good job depicting that, like uh, the projection of the white man's idea. Mm-hmm. You know, was actually what they were doing to the native population. That's what I'm you saying. Know? It's You're all right. about projection. And shit, dude. Yeah, it's it's still interesting, but yeah, some of the songs are like
1: very aggressive. And dude, I'm the cartoon like, Mulan like, is like racist. Yeah, <laughs> let's get down to business. I mean, dude, those Huns are like monsters. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. racism.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about the dragon?
1: He's black. Eddie Murphy? I mean... The Murph? It's weird that the dragon is coated black. I mean... Do you, do you, but so's the donkey, so that's weird as well. Do you
0: think that people would call Eddie Murphy the Murph? No. Or Murph?
1: No. Yeah? Remember what Rick James called them. I remember what Rick <laughs> James called them. <laughs> Both him and his brother. Okay, I have a question for you, Vince. Hit um, me with a baby. I... Mallory was saying that she thinks everyone has a photo of them as a baby with a cowboy hat. Do you think that's true? I guarantee that's true. That's true? You think so? You have one?
0: I'm pretty sure I have one. Well, I At least for Americans, right? Because, because, because I have a set of photos, right, when I was a kid. That one of them was a baseball cap, one of them was a cowboy cap, one of them was me wearing big goofy glasses, and another one was me like holding a teddy bear or something like that on a fire hat right there's 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 just a bunch of props things, yeah, a bunch of props they have on set during infant photos, one of which is a cowboy hat, and I'm pretty confident everyone has one. It's awesome if you don't have one, write in to SwayzePod at gmail dot com and show us photos of you not wearing cowboy hats, I guess. And do if you, you have cowboy hat photos, send them too. We'll fucking post them on the internet if you want
1: us to. Do you want to see mine? Yeah. Okay, perfect. It's right here. Yeah. I have a physical prop. Oh, show me a baby. Here it is. Oh. <laughs> Dude, you look adorable. <laughs> it's me as a baby. I've got a red bandana and a black cowboy hat. That means I'm a bad guy.
0: Oh, they're going to see it.
1: They're, yeah, they're going to see it. It. It, needs a, it needs a dust up. This comes from my dead uncle's personal collection. Alright. Um, the, you know, I, there's photos of me at every age, like all the school photos or whatever and everything like like at younger ages where you do fun photo shoots, props, Mm -hmm. they stop when I'm like 13.
0: Yeah.
1: That's problematic. I think. Why do you think that's
0: problematic?
1: You want, Uh, you want more? Well, I mean, I had school photos when I was older than that. Yeah.
0: So. I think, I think it'd be really fun if, if you were into taking the prop photos, like if you got like.
1: Like every time I was taking school photos, it was me with like different hats.
0: Yeah. Like, I wish I would have, would have, would have grasped on to something like that when I was a kid. So I could have consistently done it every year. And like, maybe like, obviously taking photos of people has, was instilled in me at a young age. Right. Sure. And like, recording things and like putting videos on shit like i've always been trying to document what people were doing and how they looked and sounded and everything like that in some way shape or form but i really wish i would have had something of myself consistently like you know those people that take a photo of themselves every day for a year or every year on their birthdays them and their siblings or we'll all take the same exact photo or something like that, you sure. know, or try and, like, recreate the photos. Like, I wish I would have been able to to do something like that when I was younger.
1: I don't think I would have appreciated the value of something like that when I was younger.
0: I don't think so either, but I wish I would have uh, had some. Like, I don't know. I've got what? records and stuff like that, so Dude, I guess if, that's if, cool. If, if
1: and when you have kids, yeah, you can instill that as a value to them, like, yeah. the, the value of recording something.
0: Yeah, dude, one thing that I heard, I guess kind of recently, it was like something, I think it was uh, on a Gilmore Girls bullshits or something, you know? It was like
1: an episode of Gilmore Girls, or are you like listening to a rewatch podcast? It was was
0: like a top 10 moments on Gilmore Girls,
1: this Mojo thing or whatever, you know? And it was just like- Are you telling me that you're watching trash YouTube videos about Gilmore Girls instead of watching movies so that we can (laughs) read your reviews on Letterboxd? I-
0: I'm just saying I heard somewhere that it, like an older woman that's why I'm thinking the Gilmore girl's mother gave the advice of take naked photos of yourself when you're younger because when you get older you're not going to look like that anymore and it's kind of nice to remember every once in a while, you know? And uh just been thinking about that recently.
1: Is that encouraging
0: I'm not. I'm not saying that that's encouraging anything. I'm. I'm just. (laughs) I didn't want to finish the sentence. No, no, no. I. I'm just saying that made me think about how I've just like tried to document and record things in my life, you know, and. uh, I
1: appreciate the things that I have recorded from when I was younger. It's nice.
0: Yeah, you know, like that was like something that was really crazy. Like I've been actually. I've told somebody this story recently. Um, When I was younger, right when I was like. 5 or maybe like 4 years old, right? My mom got this 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 ornament for the Christmas tree that you could record. So she did me and my sister saying we wish you a merry christmas. And years later down the road, like it still was working and stuff like that. And we were sitting at the Christmas tree and we found it. And like we were like 10 or 12, you know. And my sister and I were like, oh, we should record a new thing on here for mom. You know, now that we're older, let's make a new one. And we recorded it and we showed my mom and just watched tears run down my mother's face because we had recorded over us as children singing this song. And after that, it seems like I've just recorded everything I could that explains a lot you know like it's it was like one of those things that like i was thinking about like why am i the way i am and i thought about that and i was like That's holy shit like i have recorded hours and hours and hours and hours of my voice and pictures and things like that over the course of my entire life because of something like that like oh is that trauma, or what, what was that,
1: <laughs> like... It is trauma, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's not like, it's not like trauma that your mom did to you, but... It, no. Like, your brain processed it as such, like, it, that you had done something very wrong. It's, okay, it's not trauma, it's guilt. Well, You were raised Catholic. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was
0: raised Catholic. The guilt, but, like, I don't know,
1: I... <sighs> It created a strong response in you to do something otherwise and created a value in you.
0: Yeah, it, it really made me value the fact that time is a constant, you know, and we will never be what we were before. So sometimes there is value in recording, you know. That's
1: why we re-recorded
0: about the Outsiders. Yeah, like see yeah. if we've changed how we felt about things and how we've grown and like... You didn't change how you felt. No, no. I, I did change how I felt. I just liked it more. <laughs> <laughs> so, I grew. So, there's life, but... Oh, that's some more, right. Uh <laughs> I liked it more. Um, no, but yeah, that that's exactly the thing. We watched something when we got older, and it changed how we felt, and like, yeah, we're never going to be the same people again. So, like, I guess that even speaks to this story. Like... Ennis tr- denied Jack's, like, I, I don't his know, proposal. his invitation, yeah, his proposal to, you know, try and have a life together, and then they moved forward, and then things were different, you know, and, like... Things it, were one way? Yeah.
1: And they changed.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: afterward, everything was different.
0: Exactly. After that point, things were going to be different, and, like, it was... You know, you can't ever be young and in love again. You just have to like be thankful you had it and then hope that that relationship can grow and be nurtured and be something different but still as special.
1: Okay, but here's the deal. They look back fondly on their time at Brokeback Mountain because they loved each other and love Mm -hmm. is conquers all. They were really bad at their jobs. According to the boss,
0: they were very bad at their jobs. Bad enough that <laughs> that they had to go. The boss went peeping. The boss was peeping, right and and saw the two guys. They they were they were kind of tussling, you know. Oh, and they were doing a tussle. They were tussling, and then they started kissing. And he saw them. You know, Joe was like, "Fuck this!" And then he's like, noticing that. They're both at the camp at night. No one's watching the sheep and stuff like that. So they were justifiably bad at their jobs.
1: However, however, we didn't actually ever hear a number for the count. Yes, we never heard a number. So yeah. he could have just been fucking with them to dock their pay and be homophobic at the same time. Yeah. Because we didn't see very many dead sheep.
0: Mm-hmm. Correct. We only saw the one.
1: He also said some of these didn't go up with you. Yeah. So that means they got some of the neighbor's sheep from that time that they they all bumped into each other. Okay. Okay. And okay. maybe they found some sheep from the year before that got lost. I had a fun
0: fact about that one right there, when the sheep got all mixed up, right? Okay. Sure. <clears throat> this was filmed in Canada. Okay. And Canadian sheep. So wait, you're telling me that our gorgeous country is actually Canada? Yeah, this is filmed in Alberta, Canada. How how
1: I, how long were you gonna let you were gonna let me go all the way well, to the end of the episode? They,
0: they did a little bit in, in Wyoming and a little bit in New Mexico,
1: but most of it was in Alberta, Canada. That's why I was like, Alberta pictures. Like when it comes down to it, man, their borders aren't real. This is a fucking
0: not not in the '60s. You see how easy he went across the border to Mexico? Right across. You boys
1: like Mexico?
0: Yeah, but no, like. Canadian sheep and American sheep are different. Apparently, apparently, American sheep have like a virus or a genetic deformation or something like that. It's called capitalism. Yeah, no, it's yes. (laughs) They just they just gotta work. All that they just gotta work. Um, That's why you gotta
1: um, move them around. Where here's the exact. Or else they'll get lazy. (laughs)
0: The Canadian government warned dire consequences if Canadian and American sheep got mixed up. The US sheep carry a bacteria. Canadian sheep do not. And if they were to have cross-contaminated and stuff like that could have been a real big fucking deal. I'm thinking that all those extra sheep from the neighbor's farm were actually the American sheep. And that's what caused the big kerfuffle. Like They painstakingly tried to keep those fuckers apart
1: and then you think they just got it on film and were like well we might as well use it i don't know because i don't think that's the case i think they would have faced dire consequences if the sheep actually got mixed up across country
0: i think so as well but i don't know i think that because of the volume of sheep they needed they had to do use multiple flocks and then they just had to keep them separated somehow and then like send them back Hell yeah! I don't. I don't know. It was just. It was nuts. They're like Canada was like. You you fucks get any of those American sheep over here, or get any sheep with that gene over here to fuck up our sheep population? Ooh, we're suing, baby. We're taking that Oscar, and <laughs> <laughs> we're taking your Oscar away from you if you get those sheep over here. The
1: Canadians—they're stealing our Oscars.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, it was weird. The, I. I don't know.
1: They were bad at their jobs, if you ask me. Yeah. Not the directors, the, the characters in the film. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, the the uh, they, they were fucking. They weren't fucking tending the sheep.
0: See, you brought up a great, great point and question while we were watching this, right? It says that Jack did this the season before. yeah he did say that and they lost a quarter of the sheep and and joe wasn't too happy about jack being on this job again but he still hired him but he still hired him right so josh was like do you think that he was doing this on the last job too you know sense
1: right it's could very well be right and because he does seem you know more comfortable yeah he seems more experienced maybe he
0: seemed, or uh, okay, during the first interaction with the two of them in the tent. Right, they had been drinking and, and warming up to each other for, over the course of a few weeks. There's, you know, at least, at least, let's say, let's say, ten days, minimum ten days. And Ennis is outside sleeping by the fire, and you know, Jack tells him, "If you stay out here, you're going to freeze." Eventually, he's shivering, invites him into the tent. Right, as soon as he's in the tent, Jack. Kind of grabs uh, Ennis's arm and, you know, pulls him over and they start cuddling. And then they
1: aggressively
0: start fucking immediately. Are right. you
1: sure that's what happens? Because my understanding is that they got it. He gets in the tent. They're sleeping. Oh, they're sleeping? They didn't I didn't know about the arm situation. Oh, well, I don't think that I witnessed this. Well, okay. Because they were both sleeping, and my understanding was that uh they were started cuddling while they were sleeping, as humans are wont to do. That see see that that's yes. And then they woke up and then they like and it's like violently got himself off of Jack and yeah. then Jack like really pulled him in. Yeah. And they were doing like an aggressive tussle that led to kisses. Yeah, it was And then they fucked aggressively and immediately passed out aggressively. <laughs> it was it was all so aggressive. Like he and fell fast. over aggressively right after he nutted. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was weird.
0: Yeah. It was it was so quick and like I
1: it had passion of some sort. Imagine this though. You're the cowboy, right? But you're like no one's ever been gay before. right (laughs) these guys think gay people don't exist right yeah yeah yeah. so like you just invented being gay and they're like god damn it no one's ever done this before when in reality everyone's probably done this before and that's what jack knows everyone's done this before and ennis is like ashamed about having invented this new this new thing (laughs) is it do you think okay all right all right Completely new question
0: do you think that this was a love the one you're with situation for jack possibly before and then he met ennis and actually they formed this bond and he fell in love kind of
1: situation it's possible you know yeah i mean all i mean to say is that it's probably this is probably not a unique tale like this is a a tale as old as time a man and a boy hanging out together okay so this is what i have to say about their relationship right and then okay. the first act They're immediately gendered. Their jobs are gendered. Yes. Uh, Jack sleeps with the sheep. Ennis cooks the meals. Yes. But as soon as... Okay, Jack pushes back when Ennis tries to sleep with the sheep. Mm -hmm. He's like, it sucks out there. Fuck it. And Ennis is like, I'll do it. And he's like, oh, it's not about that. It's about how the boss fucking sucks.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: Ennis is like, no, I want to do it. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll sleep in the tent, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Jack sleeps in the tent. So Ennis is like out there at the sheep whatever he likes it he's having a good time he's actually way better at being a cowboy than jack is jack was like playing a big game like he was a good cowboy but he was just getting his horse to buck for no reason Mm -hmm. he doesn't really know what he's doing as soon as jack was put in in the gendered feminine role of cooking the meals and tending to the home Mm -hmm. he immediately submitted to ennis yeah he immediately became the housewife, and Ennis immediately took control as the man.
0: I don't think that it's necessarily being the housewife.
1: I'm saying that That's... the jobs are gendered. The yes. jobs that they were given were gendered. Okay. And it turns out that they were given the wrong gendered jobs, because Jack is more comfortable like living a homestead life, and Ennis wants to be a man. He wants to be a man. He's so about the gender norms, you know? <laughs> All right, yeah. I don't know. I uh, I I see where you're coming from, and like throughout the course of the rest of his life, Jack feels the need to assert himself as a dominant man, like over his father-in-law and stuff. But he doesn't really want to. He's I, much more comfortable being submissive. I I think that that was one thing that was was at,
0: like depicted pretty well. That like Anne Hathaway was was aggressive immediately, and he was like. I'm about this cuz I like how aggressive you
1: are. And mm-hmm. then later on and it, we know what her job is. I think. Well, <laughs> she well, works at her dad's company at the very least. She talks on the phone.
0: Well, yeah, she was doing doing horse stuff and that's how they met.
1: Yeah, but she also works for her dad's tractor company and she oh, yeah. like does numbers on a calculator and shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like a calculator with paper coming out of it.
0: Then later on the father-in-law was being aggressive with him and he was kind of just taking it and everything like that until Thanksgiving and that was the same like everyone's Thanksgiving that year just blew up right the he his sons grown up the girls are older and El- elma's remarried and that was when Uh, Elma and Ennis started yelling about how, like, we all know you're gay or whatever, you know, like, (laughs) there's so
1: many words because she doesn't know how to use her words.
0: Yeah, no, she, she's very quiet the entire film. And then, um, Jack yells at his stepdad because his stepdad, (laughs) his stepdad, his Uh, his father in law, excuse me, about, uh, like football on TV because the child wants to watch the football. Mom says no, dad turns it off. Grandpa. And Mom has
1: made a complete non-issue of this because grandpa wants to watch the TV. And yeah. And thinks the boys should watch TV because that's what makes a man. Yeah, watching, watching football. Watching football. Because, Vince, you don't eat with your eyes. You, <laughs> yes, you don't eat with your eyes. <laughs> that's what he said. Like, <sighs> He's right, Vince. You don't eat with your eyes. Yeah, you're right. But you should as... As Jack says, you should be engaged in a meal and a conversation. He just wants to have a nice dinner. Gee, yeah, he just wants to
0: have a nice <laughs> dinner. Fucking Brett Michaels is coming out. I, the thing that like got me with that dinner specifically was Anne Hathaway. Like Lorraine was like, "No, turn turn the TV off," and she's completely sidestepped.
1: Yeah, like he's supporting his wife.
0: Exactly,
1: and that's what her father's not understanding, or maybe it is what he ends up understanding in the end. But I don't think it is. I think that Jack has to assert himself as an alpha male, not being like, "Hey, respect your daughter, dude." Yeah, yeah. But like, respect my wife.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was shown that he was he was backing up his wife, and then like he had to to take control there. And did you see how her ears perked up when that happened. Mm, yeah, Ooh, Lorraine I, was like, "Ooh, baby." What was your favorite uh,
1: era for uh, Lorraine? I liked the bleach blonde era. <laughs> but, like, uh, before or after he dies, before or after Jack dies. I don't know. We
0: didn't get much. I She was complaining at that dance before he died, and I liked that. Didn't
1: she have the bleach blonde hair at that Thanksgiving dinner as well?
0: Yeah, I think it was, like, transitioning. I felt like her hair kind of looked similar to, like, if Princess Diana's was a little bit longer.
1: The The post-death was, uh, she was a little homophobic, but I, I loved her delivery on the lines.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it had implied homophobia. Nothing that she said actually had the homophobia in it. hmm And it made me think about how... Uh, that's, that's how it be sometimes. Your exes can't talk until you die. Yeah.
0: I I thought that that conversation was obviously going to be hot because she she knew that Jack was going up there to fuck him.
1: Yeah, and she didn't care. And that's the thing is that she knew the whole time and she didn't care. Yeah. And she that came through in the performances, I thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh when they're talking they clearly knew you know
1: That's the first thing she says, right? She's like, Oh, they were you guys were fish buddies. Doesn't that mean hump buddies? I know. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what she said? Hump buddies? Yeah, something like that. So she she led with that in the post death conversation. hmm Really interesting. Well oh, well because she's like Brokeback
0: Mountain was the only place he was ever truly happy and he would go there with with Ennis and stuff like that so there was lots of lots of implied everything everywhere
1: she knew the implication of Brokeback Mountain as they use it throughout the movie mm-hmm. they're like referring to the past and their their glory days together as Brokeback mm-hmm. it's it's a It makes me understand the jokes a little more, I guess. I thought they were just homophobic jokes about the movie, but it's actually Mm -hmm. referencing, like, specific verbiage from the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it's a little funnier. (laughs) Just like that I-can't-quit-you shit. I (laughs) can't-quit-you. I didn't know that was actually in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was.
0: It was was said multiple times, man.
1: I've never seen any, like, broke-back gifts or anything. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going to look for some broke back gifts
0: after this. Do you think that Jack's off-screen death, which was then de- you know, foreshad- or foreshadowed, like uh, alluded to on-screen, um was warranted because like Ennis just received a postcard that said deceased stamped on it that he had sent to Jack. I mean, I think it I think it was accurate to how it would have happened if you would, you know, someone had died yeah. at that time, but
1: like. His wife when Jack's wife wouldn't know how to reach him. Yeah. Because Jack kept all that separate. He was really good at.
0: Compartmentalizing.
1: Yes. Which Ennis never was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Very sad stuff. I mean, it's, it sucks because it's like, okay, kill your gaze. That's one of the, that's the trope, right? Mm-hmm. And it's problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, like I said, I think that this movie was important, uh, 18 years ago when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. This movie was great. I think it might've actually done something like on a cultural level, like because it won Oscars, people saw it. Like people used to watch movies because of that kind of shit.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
1: I think it might've, it might've actually helped change our culture or, or, and how we feel about homophobia specifically. And, uh, Homosexual people.
0: It definitely, uh, like, brought light to a lot of issues that they, they had experienced, you know? Like...
1: <sighs> it's fucked up that yeah. he had to die. It's so fucked up. Uh, but, I mean, like, he was also kind of... Uh, he was, like, insistent upon his needs to sometimes get what he needs in Mexico or wherever. Yeah. So, do you think... I mean, like, if they didn't have him murdered by some random homophobes or by a, a, a exploding tire, I mean, he may have succumbed ultimately to the AIDS crisis, which is a, a, about where this movie ends. Yeah. You know, like, it's not on screen. Yeah. But it could have gone yeah. there. And, I mean, like, that's a whole separate fucking ba- bag of worms that I'm not equipped to talk about. This movie definitely isn't equipped to talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: dude, this is... uh. Just, this was just like heavy anyway you
1: sliced it. It's heavy as fuck. It's long. And I think it might need to be. Yeah. Because it takes place over the course of so many years. Yeah. And it's already so much montage. It's 70% of a montage. It's so much
0: montage. Because, like,
1: yeah, there is four years
0: between uh, some, some scenes sometimes, right? And you, the only way you can know is by how old the children look And how long 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 their sideburns are.
1: How long and gray. (laughs) (laughs) And whether or not uh, Jake Gyllenhaal has a mustache.
0: Yeah, because he had one at the end of his life.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. It was cute, man. I liked it. I didn't believe them as old, but... I mean, who cares? Why
0: didn't you believe them as old? You said you didn't believe them as old. I I understand, (laughs) but I want to hear
1: why you didn't believe them as old. I didn't believe them as old because they are young men, and their makeup was not great. The budget for this movie is $13 million, mm-hmm. and they spent most of it on the wardrobe. I feel that. And the mustaches. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and the horses, dude. So, I was looking
0: into uh, Ang Lee, right? Mm-hmm. Like Because we had talked about how this had won uh, the best director for him, right? hmm he he actually was was not a winner for Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. He was only a nominee for Best Director and Best Picture. What? But um he also won uh
1: Best Director for The Life of Pi. No, he did win Best Director for The Life of Pi. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Excuse he got Best me. I'm sorry. Director on this movie. He got he got he won Best
0: Director for Brokeback Mountain oh, okay. and Life of Pi. Okay, perfect. But he was nominated for Best Picture for Life of Pi and um this one.
1: So you're saying Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon didn't get didn't get its due at, at the time.
0: Well, he just didn't win the Academy Awards specifically.
1: Yeah, but it's now regarded as like a seminal classic. I yeah. guess not seminal.
0: I don't. Well, it got put in the Criterion Collection. I like it. I think it's a feminist masterpiece, personally.
1: Oh, just like this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly like this movie. This this movie did not have Michelle Yeoh running up pieces of bamboo. With a fucking sword, kicking if, ass, taking names. And if it did, it probably wouldn't dragons. properly, would it? <laughs> no, it wouldn't.
1: I'd be like, what's going on? Why is Michelle Yeoh here? Is this Westworld? So what I learned while we were watching this movie is that uh, neo-Western just means that they have trucks. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what it means. Oh, but I was thinking about how they're anti-heroes, maybe. Are they heroes at all? I'm not sure. They're definitely outlaws. Yes. But they're not bringing law to a lawless land. Yeah, they weren't. They were just fucking
0: sheeping. They were sheeping. And when they were going out to Brokeback Mountain when they were older, they were just camping, right? Yeah, they said they were fishing, but they weren't. Why wouldn't
1: they fish just a little bit?
0: They, I don't know. That's what uh, that's what started that fight with Elma on Thanksgiving when she's like, "Yeah, no, that was her first clue." Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, but she brought it up. There that's was why multiple they were talking clues about it, about it though. Yeah, yeah, but it's like if. If, he w- if they would have just fished a little bit, then she wouldn't have had that clue. Yeah. Uh, he could have just... They, why didn't they just, like, fish like friends? Note to all closeted gay men out there, if you're going fishing, fish. Catch some, some, some fish. fish. At least buy some at the store.
0: Yeah, come home <laughs> with some fish. Goddamn. <laughs> like, oh, like, he, she even says, like, you know that, the kids loved that fish you went out there fishing and every time you said you caught a bunch and then you ate it all why didn't you bring any home
1: for us who's the MVP of the movie dude because I'm thinking it might be her she's literally the best Like she is really bringing it to every scene
0: Michelle Williams was great I thought she was great I think she should have won best supporting actress me too who would have been the best actress nobody no, it would be her. It would be her. I found in this as well, right? There was cowboy camp before filming, right? So they learned to be cowboys? So, so everyone that needed to learn how to be cowboys or ride horses Including or anything Angley. like that, anything could get done, right? Anne Hathaway lied on her interview for this or whatever, saying that she could ride horses. Shh. And then uh, on getting the role... Because she couldn't ride horses.
1: She claimed to be a... She falsely identified as a horse girl?
0: Yeah, she falsely identified as a horseman.
1: So, no, a horse girl. Horse
0: girl. So, a horser. So she had to immediately start taking fucking riding lessons. But... Not Jake, excuse me. Uh, Heath. He got to waive it all. Because he grew up on actual farms. Motherfucker was a real cowboy!
1: No way. Yeah! He was a real cowboy. Yeah. Like...
0: Grew up on Australian farms, riding actual horses, doing stuff. Huh. Yeah. So he didn't have to take the class. Jake Gyllenhaal did, though. And he had to take it so he could get roughed up. (laughs) Remember Knight's Tale?
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. He rides that horse. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Motherfucker knows that. Hell yeah. Yeah. He was a little horseman. Good for him. Yeah. 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 Josh... Tell me about how you felt this. Like, give me a number. What do you
1: think this movie gets? I really enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I I give four out of five stars. Fuck yeah, man! I really enjoyed it. And you know what? I, when like we move on to the next uh, systematized ranking system, I think it will fare quite well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think so too. I so, think I so. Mean, like well. that
1: really, that really goes to. Add to it, and you know what? I understand why Carmel thought Patrick Swayze was in this movie. Yeah, it's not based on anyone or anything, it's just like it has his vibes. Yes,
0: you know, I feel that I feel that a hundred percent. It's stoic, it's cowboyish, it's American,
1: it's It's manly.
0: It's an odd couple. Yeah.
1: Like one of them is kind of like a crazy wacky one. And he's really comfortable with himself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's classic outgoing versus neurotic. They're the odd Mm -hmm. couple, dude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, how can you argue with it? I love it. You know, point break walked so that uh, Brokeback Mountain could run. Could run. Trot. Maybe. (laughs) Gallop. (laughs) Yeah. Gallop. Can't swim. What do you think? I gave it
0: a four out of five as well, man. You also liked it. This movie was great. I thought the long sweeping shots were
1: gorgeous.
0: Them posing majestically in front of mountains. We got to Just see delivering
1: some, stupid fucking couple
0: dialogue. <laughs> we got to see fucking dick. There was fucking dong in this movie. There was he, dong. Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal's stuntman jump off a rock into a lake and you see some dong. popping
1: in the wind. There's
0: there's butts. There's boobs. There's, there's nudity abound. And all of it's tasteful and all of it's classy and loving and I am for it all.
1: You know, I thought I would need my notes to tell you... Exactly how it ranks on our patented Swayze scale. scale. But I know I don't need the notes because I remember looking at the notes and knowing the total number. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Where's it rank on the Swayze scale? scale. This movie is a 10 out of 10 on our patented Swayze scale. scale. (laughs) It is, isn't it? You've got the list in front of you, don't you? Well, I've got a few. We we obviously have horses. Fill the time. I'll go get my list to make sure
0: okay yeah i had a few that were right off the bat right we've got the obvious horses being that they're cowboys we had some mules and stuff like that too we had butts so that covered our nudity we had dancing in the bar and as freaks we had a road trip And where it wasn't necessarily to a new destination, they kept going different places. It was like in circles. Yeah, and they kept having to go in circles with the sheep, you know, so they could graze. It's like
1: a sheep cyclone. Exactly. There was fighting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There were knives. Oh,
1: there were knives, but like they weren't used in the fighting context. But no. I did note the big knife when they were cutting the turkey. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was to me no, noteworthy that the rich people were using a a carving knife, mm-hmm. and then the poor people were actually using like the the newfangled electric slicer. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, they, it's it's they keeping it classy.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, there was dude, you've covered a lot of items. Dude, there were sick whips. Oh yeah, you like that truck? I liked fucking Jack's truck. I liked his car that he was fucking in halfway in. Yeah. That was cool. Big red interior. Not mm-hmm. not bad. Mhm. There was there was gender stuff. Oh you yeah. Know? Okay, so let's dive in a little. We there had- was no positive masculinity in my opinion. Okay. So, because like how did any of them express themselves in a positive way
0: at least not from ennis's end i would say that jack was displaying positive masculinity because he said let's actually fall in love and be together yeah
1: but then later on he was like gaslighting about it and he like uh, was using that as like a retributive thing like we could have had it and you fucked it i did not like that you're right yeah he was in the end he ended up being kind of a bad guy Mm -hmm. Like, he was a good guy before, but he ended up being a bad guy. Okay, okay. In my opinion.
0: That's a valid point.
1: I don't think anybody displayed positive masculinity. I think there was no feminism in the movie, but we did get some gender discussion. There's no Mm -hmm. doubt there. We just can't give it that bonus point.
0: Okay, 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 okay.
1: And you know, in the last episode, I said it's pretty much always going to get the bonus. It's always going to get a bonus point in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, but I think the bonus point is for positive masculinity or feminism, or it can get two bonus points. That's fine. Yeah, they're bonus points. But there's no feminism in this movie. It's not a feminist masterpiece like Cocaine Bear. I think the only women that talk to each other are like mom and daughter is
0: Elma and Elma. (laughs) They
1: have the same name.
0: Yeah, it's Elma and Elma Junior.
1: They never do that anymore. Nobody does that anymore. Uh yeah, I hey. Oh, you got your dad stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 go
0: through our dads, dude. We've got we've got Ennis. Is Ennis a bad or rad dad? Very bad dad. I think he was a bad dad. I think he was a bad dad into the last possible moment.
1: When he no no, but he still tries to distance himself and then give himself benefit for doing the absolute minimum. Yeah, like his daughter's he, like, "Can you come to my wedding?" He's like, "I gotta work." But I guess I can call I'll, off. I'll call off. And it's like, dude, you did the absolute least. But And and this was supposed to be framed as growth because he did not do that before. <laughs> like, And then he opened up his closet, and inside his closet, oh, inside his closet, yeah. uh, there's Jake's clothes that he stole from Jake's parents' house. Uh, I'm sorry, Jack's.
0: Yeah, it in their first fight in the, in the very beginning of the movie he punches Ennis in the face and he gets a bloody nose right so then he starts using his shirt sleeves to uh, to wipe the blood off his face those shirts were in his childhood uh, closet closet at his parents' house and you know he's found it when he went to go visit his parents to, to get his ashes do you, do you think that his parents like <laughs> We're, were cool i, I think, feel like i, I feel like they were as cool as they could have been Vince, given the time i
1: think what you're saying is that we got to take it down to fashion corner <sighs> Yeah, in the middle of this yes. Uh, Mid-Swayze scale. yes yes we do what i was up with their house
0: i don't know
1: <laughs> okay so on the outside it was all well, chipped paint yeah ex- revealing just a wood structure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. inside gray white,
0: white and gray chip paint <laughs> filling a wood structure dirty uh, his childhood bedroom had no posters no pictures no nothing like that the hallway not a single window no windows no windows upstairs
1: hallway not a single window no it was it was an odd situation like actually I had, like it was a bungalow situation up there too yeah it's weird that there was a hallway at all. They were just getting so fucking hallway happy in the 1900s and they built that fucking house. Oh, we just found out about these cool things called hallways. You wouldn't believe it. No, they don't need windows.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what, though? It occurs to me. We don't have a hallway in this house. We don't. Isn't that weird?
0: Yeah, we don't have a hallway in this house. Yeah. You, you have a stairway. That's the closest thing to a hallway. Pretty cool yeah yeah you were right we were sitting there I was trying to figure Josh was like you know they didn't have
1: hallways until like 1595 yeah
0: and I was like well, what'd they do before that and he's just like they just have rooms connected to other rooms as we're sitting in a room connected to another room to another room to a
1: hallway <laughs> I'm glad that you understand now. Oh, dude. It just, but these it just people, they were gray. gray. They were the grayest people. They were so gray. Mom, very it, sad. They looked
0: like, kind of like that, um, all right, I know it's not a husband and wife, it's supposed to be American a father Gothic. and daughter. Yeah, an American Gothic. But yeah, if that was a husband and wife, then yes, that's what
1: it would look like. This guy had, like, such brows. Like, like Curse the Cowardly Dog. Like, it wasn't like his, his the hair on his eyebrows was, like, really intense, like uh, like uh, Eugene Levy. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Uh but it's more like his the, the muscles of his eyebrows were very like strong. His actual brow. Yeah. It was almost Cro Magnum esque. No, but like I felt like he had control over it. Like he could shift it to oh. emote, you know? It's very spooky. <laughs> okay. okay. And then the the mom and the dad, mildly homophobic. Oh yeah. Possibly majorly. Uh-huh. Mom, not homophobic, just sad.
0: Give him a little garbage bag to take the take the shirts home
1: in. But oh. you know what? They did look like Courage the Cowardly Dog's uh, family.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe.
1: But she, like, Muriel is happy, yeah. even though her husband is a grouch. Yeah. Um, this lady was not happy. Yeah. But she was like, come back after you spread the ashes. And he never went back, as far as I could tell. Mm-hmm. Maybe he should have. She could have given him a reward for his quest. <laughs> she <laughs> did tell him to come back sometime. Maybe he should. Maybe he should. And maybe we should go back to our Swayze scale. Swayze scale. Um, okay, class stuff. Because, you know, the, the the poorness.
0: Oh, constantly. Why constantly, is this guy so yeah.
1: poor all the time?
0: Because he... I don't know. I don't think that Ennis' character was ever, like, instilled any personal value outside of being, like, a cowboy or something like that.
1: Well, he so, didn't really have parents.
0: Yeah, and he, so he never really... Because tr- everyone abandoned him. You know, like, as soon as his sister got married, she left him alone. As soon as his brother got married, he left him alone. So he was kind of just on his own and didn't really have any personal value. So he wasn't ever trying to improve his station.
1: Right. You know? He was just always like, oh, we're poor and that's just how it is. Yeah. He, he, Whereas Jack just, like, fell into the right vagina. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Elma mentioned like hey we could move we could move into the t- into town you know like you could get a new job like working in a, in a shop or something like that and, and you know I could get a job working at at the grocery store or something you know and just like the girls could have neighbors and friends to grow up with and he's like no don't want that that could be too eat. that could be too nice we could be too happy absolutely so yeah i don't know the class think, stuff was there. I I I think I think it was trying to depict that Ennis felt he could not do anything he could not do any better when
1: he was it was being shown that he could very easily do better. Absolutely, you know. Do you think he could though? I mean like I guess he's a smart guy. He's just so self-loathing all the time that he can't do anything he, he doesn't want to improve his lot in life.
0: I don't know. I think that that's a great a great observation that his depression because of uh, because of his self-loathing like does very much inhibit his ability to
1: uh like want more for yeah, himself
0: yeah yeah that makes a great that's a great point
1: and i do think that's a lot about uh what like class struggle is even about in america
0: mm-hmm.
1: modern america not 1960s through 1980s america where you're like ah man maybe i just don't deserve any better you know see that that
0: another another question could be do you think that Ennis was actually looking at the situation effectively, and it was being shown to us. Like, why doesn't he just get a new job?
1: Like, well, he doesn't know how to do anything else. Exactly. Is that his fault? He th- but he thinks he's dumb, and he's not. Exactly. That's not his fault. Nothing's anyone's fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take it to the obvious utmost yeah. extreme, but it's like, I mean, it's not his fault that he thinks he's dumb. No, it's no. not. I mean, but like, all you got to do is think you're not dumb, and then maybe you won't be dumb.
0: You're right. The end. You're mm-hmm. right. No, Spe- that's speaking a great of being point. dumb,
1: uh, do you think that we abandoned two other segments as well? What other segments? Oh, we abandoned batter or rad dads and fashion corner. <laughs> just like ennis abandoned his family <laughs> well you know you know what so he really helped bad dad you know
0: what would really help in those situations if we had a, a theme you know our listeners i know we have talented listeners out there right uh-huh. we would love to have some themes made for some of our segments if you've got any ideas pitch them or fuck send them in we'll use them like we would love to showcase some of the art our uh, our listeners can produce
1: collaborators yeah you know just if you've got some fun stuff we'd love to see it we love to hear it we love to we love to check it out because then like you just hit the theme again at the end boom yeah. and that's like the end of a parenthesis yeah because like beam, we still boom. we have three open parentheses yeah. so it's time to start closing some of them
0: okay yeah if, if you want to email us any of those kind of things it's
1: swayzypod at gmail.com perfect class stuff it's there that's the end of that parenthesis it is uh the end of the previous parenthesis let's go back to fashion corner
0: okay uh, I liked anything? their rodeo outfits when, when fucking Jack met uh, Anne Hathaway yeah. Maureen I liked their little outfits
1: They were those were my favorites that's the only thing that comes to mind everything else was just like regular working man's clothes black hats and denim jeans if and... you were a cowboy what color would you be happy black duh yeah I guess you gotta wear a black hat
0: yeah and it'd have a fun pin on it, it but says, look at like, Nick Lutzko's hat I don't care what Nick Lutzko's hat is that's Nick Lutzko He's that cowboy. I'm not talking about his cowboy. I'm talking he, about my cowboy. He's America's cowboy. Yeah. He's America's cowboy.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. I, that's Those are. I mean, the rodeo outfits were it for me. They win fashion king and queen. I I agree with you. And, and, you the, know, I, and
0: the clowns. The clowns.
1: Oh, my God. The clowns. Yeah, they brought I, out the clowns for this one. Jake Gyllenhaal really tried to hit on that clown, and the clown was like, hey, listen, man, just because I take the bowl doesn't mean that I will take your dick. <laughs> And Jake Gyllenhaal's like, yeah. Uh, message and received. And then, yeah, the clown goes over and starts talking to some bros, and it's like, is he gonna get his ass kicked? And then it just it doesn't happen, so no big deal. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. that clown was gonna be a villain, but it immediately got cleaned up by Anne Hathaway. It was fine. Good beard. Good. If you if you gotta have a beard, beard it's good, It's gonna be Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Okay, that's the end of fashion Quarter. Yeah. Blue. Was Jack a rad dad? Dude, nobody in this movie is a red dad. They're all bad dads. All bad dads. All across the board, and all the dads that came before them were also bad.
0: Everyone was a bad dad. Joe was a bad work dad. Um fucking, and it's his dad's dead, so he had a dead dad. He wasn't even a bad dad. And Jack's step no, his dad was
1: bad. His dad showed him a dead body of oh, a yeah. homosexual man when he was a kid.
0: Yeah, bad dad and uh, father-in-law, bad dad, you know. Everyone's a
1: bad dad. There's bad no, dad's all around. Yeah, and that's why I felt like I was ready to move on from that. I, but I only addressed the one guy as the bad dad and then we went into detail about how that was related to his class struggle and all that stuff. So it was all open parentheses that made sense, but I'm just glad that we can get all those parentheses closed. Where are we sitting, Josh? Uh, Okay, so uh, we covered everything. There's romance, there's athletics, there's dancing. We've got everything except for the gender bonus points. So, if I'm not mistaken, we've got knives as one bonus point, and we've got dancing as the other bonus point. Does that make sense to you? Sounds good to me. So as far as I can tell, we've got 10 out of 10 hanging dongs with two bonus boobs on our patented Z scale.
0: I love bonus boobs.
1: Bonus fucking boobs, man. We weren't. Ex- I wasn't expecting a second set.
0: No, 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 not at all.
1: Well I mean, the like- Anne Hathaway boobs were like surprising enough, but then the second set was like, whoa. Yeah, well, when we saw Michelle Williams' boobs, I was like,
0: oh, and these are emotional. It was so much. <laughs> Josh, this made money. It made money. It's on a thirteen million dollar budget. Tell me how much you made. It made 547k opening weekend. And wait, then wait,
1: hold on. What?
0: Oh op- just opening weekend. That was opening weekend alone. But worldwide gross. 178 million dollars. That's why Randy Quaid was pissed. He's like, I wanted more money because this made fucking tons. Like whatever, dude. The, when you make a movie, there's it's always a gamble. Dude, you know what, you know what he could have done? Just accepted the fact that he did not get as much as he would have liked on this film, and then pursued more films like this in the future, asking for more money. You know, and uh, maybe not diving further into conspiracy theories. And you know what else he could have done? He could have
1: just given the fucking role to Patrick Swayze like it belonged. Yeah, you know what? Yeah,
0: that should have been Swayze. I I think that's the role of him.
1: It, it's the only one that makes sense to me, but like I, I, I don't know. I think that's the role, dude. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like in his normal wheelhouse because mm-hmm. he's Patrick Swayze, the man is not a homophobe. I feel like yeah, yeah. This
0: would kind of be like a Velvet Larry situation,
1: mm. you know, like because cause that's he, about that time, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, like him being the boss the the authority that he showed in that in the velvet larry role i think would have translated well into this right um he could have been that dick and i think that the things that joe had for lines would have definitely translated with with him i think i think that would have been the role for him yeah, yeah. cuz i don't think he would have been a good father in law yeah i wouldn't have liked that as much
1: he definitely can't be the cowboys cuz he's mm-hmm. too old
0: yeah huh. yeah so yeah, yeah, I would say that he would be their boss, Joe, Randy Quaid's role, if he were in this film. So fuck
1: Randy Quaid for wanting more money. Yeah, fuck him. Fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. But! Did, was this before or after the Hulk? What do you mean? This movie, for Ang Lee. Oh, this was after. Cool.
0: Yeah, Hulk was 2004, I think. It's
1: like, just after.
0: Yeah, I think this was the movie after Hulk. I know that it was not not liked. Oh, it was Guess who saw it in the theater? This Dude, guy. I saw it in theaters too. Both
1: of us. I liked it. Yeah. Well, at,
0: okay. So, Ang Lee's situation here, right? Sense and Sensibility in 95, uh, Crash and Tiger, Hidden Dragon in 2000. There are a few others in here, but I haven't heard of them. Hulk in 2003, Brokeback Mountain 2005, Life of Pi in 2012, and Gemini Man in 2018, or 2019, excuse me.
1: I'd like to remind you of the preview that we saw before this movie for Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Which you assumed was sens- Sensibility. Yeah, I just did assume. I did and it, assume. And it has Tom from Succession in it. Oh. Pride and Prejudice does. It's pretty cool.
0: I've never seen
1: Succession. You gotta watch it. I'm probably
0: not going to. But you want to know how this did? Debafo B.O. Letterbox has it at 4.1 out of 5. IMDb at 7.7 7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes at an 88% with an 82% audience score. Amazon has it at 4.6 out of 5 with a 79% 5 star, 5% 1 star.
1: Their DVDs didn't work. These gay DVDs did not work. <laughs> Well, you know who else didn't work? <laughs> These gay cowboys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they got fired. They didn't work. Now, this did have a tagline, Josh. You want to rate it for me? Oh, yeah. Love is a force of nature. What? Yep, I like it. It's the
1: only one? Yeah. Thumbs I, up or thumbs down? I
0: give it thumbs up. I liked it one. Love
1: is a battlefield um love is a force of nature why not that's what it's about yeah thumbs up yep it it accurately represents the movie and i think like i said i think this changed people's minds yeah like not immediately upon viewing but like over the course of, of 20 years
0: well i can tell you it changed one person's mind
1: they made Roger Ebert hearty.
0: This movie wisely never steps back to look at the bigger picture or delivers the message. It is specifically the story of these men, this love. It says in a close up, or excuse me, it stays in a close up. That's how Jack and Ennis see it. You know, I ain't queer, Ennis tells Jack after their first night together. Me neither,
1: Jack says. What did Roger Ebert give this? At least three. Probably three and a half.
0: Roger Ebert gave this four out of four stars. Hell, motherfucker yes. loved this movie,
1: and you know why? Because it made him goddamn horny. You know what? Fucking love Roger Ebert. <laughs> Dead ass motherfucker. He is. He is a wild one, man. He just solely base, rates movies based on how horny they make him. Thank you for that quote. Yeah, you know I, I appreciate your. Uh, I appreciate your your curating of the of the Roger Ebert. I know that before I accused you of gaslighting me into making me think he was horny. What I appreciate is that it's actually true. Dude, he
0: writes it in every one. He's so horny. He notes him in every single one about how horny it makes him. In in, <laughs> in nineteen sentences, he could just say this made me horny, and then that'd be the end of the review. But no, he's got to make
1: three paragraphs thumb about up, it. Thumb thumb down, Rotten Tomato, oh. Roger Ebert. Did it make you Randy? (laughs) (laughs) Made me Randy, baby.
0: That's what he would do. I bet he gave that movie like a one star. Did not make me horny. (laughs) Did not make me horny. And then the second one came out and he's like, four out of four stars, Heather Graham's in this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert, a complicated man, but ultimately so simple.
0: Josh, this movie was great. I loved it. I, I I thought it was awesome. Could you recommend this for anyone? I could recommend it to
1: anyone. Okay, that's how anyone I feel. who could watch a movie that's over two hours long. Yeah, and maybe there's a place that you could cut it. Like, like I think there's probably a spot right in the middle where you could cut it and um, make it two movies. I feel, I feel you, but I
0: at the same time, I wouldn't want that. I like it as one. I think, I think that it coming out in 2006 when we were all widely accepted DVDs was the best time for it because if it were on two fucking tapes like titanic i don't think this would have flown (laughs) i i don't think this would have been as well received especially in home media because everyone would only watch the first half or the second half
1: yeah first half's pretty cool first
0: half really had a lot of motion weight like it, it kept pulling you along right but then the second half was all emotion
1: it's so bleak
0: oh yeah Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it made me feel a lot of things. I had a tear.
1: I had a tear or two. I don't know if I had any tears, but I liked it.
0: Yeah, I thought it was great. I uh, And I do think that if you wanted to share this with someone and they're like, oh, I don't want to watch that gay movie, you can, you can confidently tell them to fuck off, firstly. And uh, secondly, this is so much more. And maybe if they watched it, they might come away as a better person.
1: Yeah, you got it.
0: Yeah, I think that this was very, very good. And uh, it, it probably should have won that fucking Oscar. It should have. Yeah.
1: I think so. Yeah. Especially yeah. if, like, because, like I said, it's it's a it's an Oscar-type movie. You mm-hmm. know, they make them for the Oscars now. Mm-hmm. Like, this last year, everything everywhere all at once wasn't made for Oscars. That was just made to be a movie. Mm-hmm. It just so happened to won all win all those Oscars. This yeah. was a movie that was made to win Oscars. It was a big risk, yeah. And I think it, I think it won out in the end. Yeah, yeah. I think this was great. Four out of five stars. It made me horny. Yeah,
0: yeah. Four <laughs> out of five stars. If you agree with us or don't, um, write in swaseypod at gmail.com. We got all those social medias at swaseypod. Josh's on Letterboxd at Josh with C Y, and I'm on Letterboxd at Vincent Troya. Um, we're chilling. We're, we're keeping this this pride month celebration going man woo um I feel like our months are becoming themed one after another now
1: they must be all, must, all months must be themed all months must be themed
0: what's next month gonna be um fucking propaganda. we're crazy